0: Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. All right, here we go. Flyers Daily for Thursday, March 3rd. Game day once again. Flyers back at it tonight. Look to uh, end a one-game losing skid at this point and get a win tonight when they take on the Minnesota Wild at Wells Fargo Center. The Minnesota Wild. Wow. One of those teams that you don't have a lot of memorable matchups against the Wild, but They do have one of the premier players in the National Hockey League, and he is right up there when you talk about the top-scoring players in the league. Not quite McDavid Drysido level, but how about 50 games played, 24 goals, 40 assists, 64 points for Kirill Kaprasov, who has been just a great find for the Minnesota Wild. Actually drafted by Chuck Fletcher way back in the fifth round. The guy that when he initially came into the NHL, they weren't sure if he was going to be able to have the skating ability to be a legit NHL player. He clearly figured that part out, and he is a very dynamic talent. He leads the Minnesota Wild in scoring by 11 points on the second place, Mats Zuccarello. Now, Minnesota having a really good season right now. Where they sit in the standings, in the Western Conference, of course in the Central Division, they're in the third spot, 51 games played, 31-17-3, 65 points, 3-7, however, in their last 10, and they've lost four straight coming into this one. They're going to want to right the ship. They're five points back of the St. Louis Blues, and they are 19 points back of the lead leading Colorado Avalanche. Boy, Colorado is such a good team, 84 points Uh, And they are eight points clear of the, or well, actually five points clear of the second place team in the NHL. That would be the Carolina Hurricanes, who sit atop the Metropolitan Division. Flyers 53 games played, eighth spot in the Metro, 16-27-10, 42 points, one back of the seventh place Devils. 3-5-2 3-5-2 and 2 in their last 10 and lost their last one. Uh, that was on Tuesday night at Wells Fargo Center. 3-0 shutout to the Edmonton Oilers. So they're going to take on a team in Minnesota tonight who can score. Goals four for the Minnesota Wild, actually third in the NHL in scoring. Florida's the only team averaging more than four goals per game, 4.08 to be exact. They're number one. Number two, Colorado at 3.98, a tick below four goals a game, and not far off is the Minnesota Wild at 3.67 goals per game. So third in the NHL in scoring. When you talk about goals allowed, not quite as strong in that area. The Minnesota Wild, when they talk about goals allowed, have given up the 12th most goals per game at 3.12. Their power play, this is kind of the thing that's this head scratcher about this Minnesota team, is that their power play is not that good. They have not had a really successful power play season. It's clicking at 19.5%, but that's 20th in the NHL and actually a spot behind the Buffalo Sabres and one spot ahead of the New Jersey Devils. So not a power play that has lit it up. And then penalty kill, same kind of thing. Not a great team on the penalty kill either. 20th in the NHL, killing penalties at 77.9%. So they kind of defy the odds. Looks like they get a lot of their work done at five on five. And it'll be the Flyers and the Wild tonight. Now, in net for the Flyers tonight will be Carter Hart. He's getting the start once again at Wells Fargo Center against the Wild. I suspect Martin Jones will get Saturday's game against the Chicago Blackhawks. But tonight, it is Carter Hart. And I had a chance to catch up with Flyers goaltending coach Kim Dillabaugh to talk about Carter, his bounce back from last year, how his game has evolved at the NHL level, and a ton more. And he joins us right now. It is Flyers goalie coach Kim Dillaball. Kim, how you doing? Doing good. Thank you. It's been too long since we've talked on here.
1: It has been, yeah. It's, <laughs> uh, it's always,
0: uh, always enjoy talking goaltending, especially with you. So I uh, appreciate you having me on. Well, let's talk some goaltending because uh, Carter, you know, you're coming off the game against Edmonton to 3 0 defeat. He gives up just two goals in the game, uh, but once again, made some, some really good saves. How would you kind of evaluate where his game is right now and his performance of late?
1: Yeah. You know, I think, uh, you know, just going back to his game last night against Edmonton, you know, I, I thought he came out. I I thought he was sharp, uh, you know, right from opening puck drop there. Obviously we take an early penalty and and it's not the ideal way to start a game by, by taking a penalty uh, early. And those are kind of the first, uh, you know, potential uh, shots that are coming your way on a five on four, especially against a real deadly power play like Edmonton. So, um, you know, obviously, uh, that, uh, you know, forced him, obviously, to be engaged right from puck drop uh, early on. And, and um, you know, I, I, again, I thought he did a real good job. Um, solid 60 minutes and, um, you know, gave us an opportunity to win the hockey game. And and that's what you need from your goaltender. And I thought he provided that for us last night.
0: Kim, so much of goaltending is mental. And McDavid may be a player that drives players the most mental because of that speed, all the skill that he has. And couple of that with Dreisaitl, who's really... An excellent player as well and how much of you know when you're facing a team in a power play like Edmonton or just them in general is is your mental game a little bit different because of what they can do at any given time those two in particular players how how much does that stress a goaltender in a different way I'm not
1: I'm not sure if it's stress I think it's just being alert um, you know making sure you're you know, your, your focus and uh, your sharpness isn't at an all-time high, and it should be, you know, regardless of the situation. But obviously, when you talk about players, uh, you know, like uh, McDavid, Drysaddle, and obviously, you know, someone we see on a regular basis, like an Alex Ovechkin, you know, he doesn't change what he does on the power play. We know where he's setting up and what he likes to do, but he still scores goals at, at, a, at a record pace. So, you know, you're, you're definitely um, making sure you're aware you're alert, uh, and, and those players, obviously, they can go off script as well, and that's what makes them special. Players are able to do things that other players really can't do at a, at a, at a high level. So, um, you know, you, you prepare for that, but you don't want to focus solely on that. Uh, so it's a little bit of a balancing act there, but obviously when, when you have players like that on the other side, you're definitely, um, you know, uh, alert and aware and making sure you're, you're recognizing where they are, and, and um, you know, we all know what
0: they're, they're capable of doing. Kim, at the NHL level, is there a little bit more of a, a mental kind of exhaustion level when you, you're, you know, you're backstopping a team where there's very little margin for error? Obviously, the team has, has difficulty scoring this year. It's they just haven't given a lot of run support, for lack of a better term, to the goaltenders. So the goalie knows that and knows, oh, boy, I have to be, you know, it might be a 2-1 game. I mean, you guys have won four-two-one 2 2-1 games this year. And when you have that kind of game in and game out, that that's that's a tough thing to carry. I go back to that nine round shootout too, where, you know, he, he had to keep you guys alive in that so many times. Those are really kind of mentally exhausting. And I mean, it's a great challenge, but is that something you guys talk about? Well, it is a good challenge for sure.
1: Um, But, you know, I I think it's, you know, it does become a talking point, uh, maybe uh, if it's something that's maybe prolonged. And and we've had some, uh, as you mentioned, some games this year where, you know, finding the back of the net has been a challenge from time to time. But um, you know, we, we try and stay focused on our job. You know, we can't score goals and, and we can't get caught up in the things that are outside of our control. So we're trying to use our energy on the things that we can't control, preparing ourselves properly, uh, to go out and do our job at the highest level possible, be consistent, um, uh, from a night, you know, nightly basis and, and, and make sure that we're really focusing on what we can do uh, in terms of having an impact on the game. So, um, you know, again, we're, we're all human too, you know, when you yeah. get into those situations, um, you know, when, uh, you're, you're not getting, um, a, a lot of goals, uh, being scored on the other side. Um, you know, it has its tendency to creep in and, and if it does, you address it and then you get your focus back on where it needs to be and, and not go down that path. And again, those aren't things that we can have our, our hands on. Um, so we have to make sure uh, we stay um, uh, dialed in and focused on, on our job and, and what we need to do
0: to go out and give our team an opportunity to have success. It's ultimately the notion of do your job is the essence of team sport isn't it because everybody's brought in to do a particular thing and if you got a guy trying to do somebody else's job now i got two guys not doing their job because you're trying to do somebody else's and by proxy you're almost eliminating your job i I love that focus of we got to control we can control and do our job and that that really is the notion of team sport Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, again, we're always there for our teammates and we always want to bail our teammates mm-hmm. out if, if there is a breakdown or something else happens, but you know, that, that snowball can start to get away on you here and get bigger and bigger. So, um, you know, you want to trust your teammates that they're going to go out and do what they need to do to perform at a high level and, and whatever their task is that they're going to perform it. So, uh, again, I think if everybody has that mentality and support, uh, for one another, um, you know, that's
0: I think that's how good teams have success on a consistent basis. Kim, I know that in the offseason, you went out to Edmonton to work with Carter and work with his goalie coach. Who incidentally, was the goalie coach of the Edmonton Oilers last night, Dustin Schwartz. And when when you and Schwartz, you were out there in Edmonton, was there anything in particular you guys wanted to work on or adjust in his game that, uh, you know, you thought that if he if he could make some adjustments here, it would pay benefits this year and, and has turned out to be that way.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Schwartzy, uh, you know, does a, a tremendous job. He's been a great resource for Carter for a lot of years and, uh, extremely, uh, good at his craft and, and a great coach, great teacher. Um, you know, and he was, he was great to deal with, uh, for me in, in the sense of, you know, obviously Carter and I uh, collaborate on a daily basis. And it, obviously at the end of the year, you, you, you know, you talk things out and kind of, uh, look at, at the duration of your season and, Um, come up with a game plan, some things that you want to highlight, some things that you want to maybe shift additional focus to, and maybe some adjustments or enhancements that that you'd like to uh, work on. And, and, uh, you know, so obviously Carter and I having that initial dialogue, And then Carter having his dialogue with Dustin and Dustin having obviously some other uh, insight looking uh, through, um, you know, Carter's uh, uh, season and coming up with a few things that, uh, you know, he wanted to approach. And uh, then we would collaborate it. And and that's, you know, I really appreciate Dustin allowing uh, me to be a part of that. And, and, um, you know, I think that's what we deal with as coaches nowadays is all of our players work with someone in the off season, whether it's on the ice or off the ice, whether you're a goaltender or forward or defenseman. So um, being on the same page and having a collaborative approach um, uh, I think is important. And, and, you know, obviously when I got a chance to go out there and and spend some time with the two of them, you know, it was just to kind of, again, get uh, kind of up to speed where they at, uh, where they were at with some of the areas that we focused on. And there wasn't anything, Um, extensive you know I I think we're always looking for little things to add and and, um, polish and refine and uh, enhance and and that's really what the approach was with Carter you look at where his game's at Um, you know he hasn't made a lot of structural changes Uh, there's been little nuances here that you want to tidy up and and, um, allow to be a little more consistent and I think that was really the main focus for this uh, this summer and Again, he we all know what uh, Carter invests in his game and, and he did uh, a lot of that investment through the summer and came back prepared
0: and and his game was in a good spot when he arrived here for training camp. Yeah no doubt um, it's all about progressive steps as you go through your career and adjustments which we'll get to in a second, but you were with him in his rookie year when he made his debut um, you know even prior working with him um, when he was uh, you know a draft picker in Philadelphia. What's the biggest change in his game? or evolution of his game that you've seen since he kind of debuted and turned pro to where he is now? Is is there one area that really he's, he's always uh, been a good play reader and tracker and those kind of things, but where's been the biggest improvement for you?
1: Yeah, I, I, I guess if I'm to highlight one, I think it's just uh, creating a more well-rounded game. And, and when I say that, it, we all know how – structurally sound he is how uh, technically sound he is um, how efficient he can be with how he operates on the ice there's always those situations where um, you know that uh, certain component of your game uh, isn't going to allow you or give you the best opportunity to keep a puck out of the net sometimes you have to break from structure you have to be dynamic you have to um, be instinctual and and find maybe some uncharacteristic way to keep the puck out of the net And I think that's something as he's um, gone uh, through his his first few years of pro, I think he's recognized and realized, uh, you know, more at this level than any others because of the quality of player and speed and quickness and how things quickly unfold that, um, you know, you have to apply as much work on those areas as you do uh, on the technical side of your game. Um, So I think that's something that, um, Basically, when he uh, was in junior in a real good environment in Everett that, you know, uh, he really didn't have to break from his structure uh, very often uh, because of the skill set he had, his hockey sense, uh, his athletic capability. He just had a lot of those things that really didn't. And again, playing in a really good structured environment where. Um, you know, he wouldn't force into a lot of those situations. But, um, you know, as you come up to the higher levels and you look at the balance that uh, the top goaltenders in our league have, they have a really good uh, structural uh, package, technical package that allows them to handle routine situations and keep those routine. But if a puck goes off a shin pad and off a skate and ends up on a guy's stick on the back door, you have to respond uh, seamlessly to that. Uh, you have to adapt and you have to adapt with something that's maybe a little outside the box. And, you know, that's something that he's continuing to progress in his game and he's done a real good job of, of
0: building that side. Yeah. I've actually seen in some of those desperation situations, still there's structure involved in it too, just in the way, you know, the glove positioning hands forward and those Uh kind of things. And I mean, as a guy who played the position kid, you know, you look at it and you go, this efficiency and movement that guys like him have is almost disturbing, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it, uh, it definitely was if that, I could do that. <laughs> yeah, that
1: wasn't part of my package growing up and playing. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's amazing to watch some of these guys now and, and, you know, what they're able to do on the ice and not only what they're able to do, but the speed and control that they're able to do it with, um, you know, is impressive. You know, they're, you know, goaltenders nowadays, their athletic makeup is second to none. And, um, you know, really when, when you know the position and, and you've played it and, and you understand how hard it can be on the body to do some of those things, it, it is impressive. And these guys invest a lot of time and, you know, that's what uh,
0: allows them to go out and, and play, uh, you know, play at a high level. Yeah, it's the- fluidity and movement it's just stunning sometimes but um last thing for you kim we know that the scorers shooters players skaters whatever you want to call them in the nhl and goaltenders this is the cat and mouse game it's the ultimate tom and jerry there's adjustments for the shooters to try and beat what the goalies are doing goalies sometimes are are using the odds in, in certain situations whether that's post play or you know defaulting low those kind of things and what is kind of the adjustment that's taken place, maybe in the last you know year or so, um, that the, the goaltenders are adjusting to the shooters or trying to get ahead of the shooters, and now the shooters are trying to adjust back? Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure if anything. I mean, I think obviously
1: you're seeing, you know, um, and again, everywhere, you know, every every team's a little bit different. In their offensive approach and, and tendencies and what they like to do and how they like to generate offense. But you know, I I, I think you're you know you You're seeing maybe a little bit more of, um, you know, players putting pucks at the goaltenders from those tight and severe angles, looking for holes, or obviously that's a situation that really isn't an set up for a goaltender to control rebounds, you know. So, you know, if you're in your reverse uh, VH on your post and that puck gets thrown into your pads or into your body, like that's that's not a situation really you can control where that puck's going to go once once it uh, comes in contact with you. So, you know, and obviously exposing that little bit of room that might be up top if guys are cheating, getting into that type of a position early, those short side um, high uh, areas of the net are, are becoming maybe a little bit more, uh, exposed if guys are uh, sitting in in the reverse uh, prematurely or going in into it in a situation that's really not the best solution for that particular attack so maybe you know that might be something for sure you're seeing people ch- players challenging goaltenders more uh, yeah. from those locations um, you know and I guess it's just the amount of uh, east west puck movement and getting yeah. trying to get pucks into the slot there I mean uh, that area of the ice, those prime scoring areas, you're trying to see more teams forcing pucks into those areas. Um, you know, because obviously it's you know, even if you're you're converting a, a shot on one of four, you got a pretty good chance to put the puck in the back of the net. So I'm thinking, you know, using the back of the net. Getting uh, defenses and goaltenders tracking pucks east, west, and behind them, moving those pucks into those prime areas, obviously, or something. You're starting to see uh, more teams, uh, you know, try and do uh, find those quiet areas and, and get pucks there. Um, so I, I would say that's that's probably and and you know, rush tactics obviously are are enhancing too. You know, it's not it's not necessarily two on ones, three on twos. It's it's four on threes and five on fours. You know, mm-hmm. yeah got teams' deep delays, and that second wave comes, and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, that that puck moves cross-ice. So, you know, spreading things out, making goaltenders move large distances as much as they can. You know, you watch a team like Pittsburgh. I've never seen a team probably do it as much as them, where they go east-west once, and then you know it's coming right back against the grain, but you can't cheat plays like that because – if you do and, and that first puck that goes laterally on you doesn't come back against the grain and you're cheating it, you're going to give that, uh, you know, that short side up. So, you know, a lot of things to look for that way. And again, a lot of it's generated by different teams and their tactics and what they like to do and, and how their teams are built. Sometimes you got heavy teams that are high heavy net front teams that are just looking to really have layered traffic. And, you know, so again, uh, personnel
0: dictates a little bit of it as well, but,
1: those might be some things that maybe players individually are looking to do a little bit more.
0: Yeah, Pittsburgh rode that East West thing. They kind of revolutionized it and rode it to back-to-back cups. And, you know, it's such a hard adjustment. Is part of that too, then just taking a little less ice. So you have a little less distance to travel on cross ice. Yeah, a little bit, you know, but again, you can't compromise
1: too much. I think you, yeah. you know, you, you still got to give yourself the best possible opportunity to stop the puck, put yourself in the best possible position, whether uh, the initial puck carrier shoots that puck Uh, Moves it laterally and that player elects to shoot or that player elects to, again, move it back against the grain laterally again to another option. So, you know, but again, it's like we talked about before, like goaltenders have to be elite movers. They have to be elite skaters, Uh, their mobility and and, and, um, having that ability to change direction with good speed, quickness, but yet body control. You know, if you can't do that, if you can't move efficiently and adapt to uh, those changing dynamics, then you're always going to be behind and chasing the play, and you're not going to be set up to be able to handle those uh, types of situations. So, um, you know, it's it's critical, it's important. And the other thing, too, is you have to have hockey sense. They say it at every other position, and it's probably – um, just as, if not more important for a goaltender, because you're always on the receiving end. You're never, you don't always have the puck on your stick like a player does. And a goaltenders get um, um, compared a lot to uh, quarterbacks or pitchers, and mm-hmm. they are uh, as important to their team as those other. Um, athletes are, but at the end of the day, the pitcher has his ball, has the ball in their hand. The quarterback has the ball in their hand. A the goaltender is always reacting to the dynamics of the play in front of them and where that puck's going. So it's it's unique in the position that way. That um, you know, we're always on the receiving end. We're we're very
0: rarely able to dictate a lot because we don't have possession of the puck. I love that you said that. I talk about that all the time <laughs> I, <'cause, laughs> because it, it is a reactive position. And I, it's, I think that a lot of goaltenders become OCD because as athletes, you want to control things. And when you get on the ice in your alpha role as an athlete, you don't have that control of dictating. Now, we like to give them a little glove, but then take it away. Of but, course. <laughs> Fans little, love that as well, right? Uh-huh, yeah, you windmill them a little bit. <laughs> but so, so you off the ice, you tend to get a little OCD about the things you can control, because when you're in your athletic uh, endeavor as a goaltender, you're being dictated to instead of dictating the terms on far too often. But that's yeah. that's part that's of the good. charm of the position. It so, is. It but, is. Uh, I love talking to you. Um, it's not see puck, stop puck. It, there's a lot going on uh, when you're trying to stop the best players in the world. Thanks for doing this as always. Uh, best of luck. And we'll talk soon. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Take care. Always great to catch up with Kim Dillabaugh, talk some goaltending, and talk some Carter Hart here on Flyers Daily. So uh, thanks to him for joining us. And Flyers and Wild tonight, we'll break it down tomorrow in another brand-new episode of Flyers Daily. Have a great Thursday, everybody. Come
1: to decide that the things that I tried were in my life just to get high on. When I sit alone, come get a little known, but I need more than
0: myself this time. Step from the road to the sea to the sky, and I do believe it will.